What's up, peeps? Welcome back. As always, I'm your host, Lee Benson. Thank you so much for joining us on the AEW Insider. I told you I'll be doing a lot more of the shows. You podcasting people are my bread and butter, and I want to treat you right. We got a good show. Let's get to some AEW news first. On his podcast, Grilling JR, good old JR discussed how he... Jerry King Lawler and Paul Heyman did not get along, and how Jerry Lawler broke Paul Heyman's jaw on purpose. It was controlled animosity. I don't think either guy liked the other very much. I think they both respected each other's abilities as professionals because they both knew how good the other one was at their job. You'd have to be a recluse or have your head up your ass not to see that both of them were highly skilled. But just they just didn't get along culturally, personally, you know? We did one of those shows on the WWE Network, The Legends of Wrestling, the Heat Seekers episode, where we talked about things that just happened in the ring. And I asked Lawler flat out, you broke Paul Heyman's jaw. Was it an accident or did you do it on purpose? And Lawler said, I did it on purpose. Why those two didn't get along? So there's always some heat there, and it's generally one of the two C's. I don't know which one it is, but I can promise you, if Heyman and Lawler didn't exist, well, in that era, it was because one of the two C's, cash or creative. But they also had a lot in common in the fact that they could make you love them or hate them just by what they said and how they said it. So they were highly skilled in all the right areas, but they just, maybe it's the fact that Paul Heyman's from Scarsdale, West Chester County, his father's a very successful and affluent attorney, and Lawler was raised in a more blue-collar atmosphere, growing up in Memphis, becoming a local hero there. They had different backgrounds, different routes to get where they were going. So there was just nothing in common there, other than some wrestling stuff, and some of the wrestling stuff was tainted because of cash and creative. He also talked about J, uh, Jerry the King Lawler's ex-wife, WWE diva, The Cat. Well, you know about her getting fired in just a relationship. Well, you know, here's the thing about it. Maybe somebody's going to say, well, JR sometimes had relationships with guys on the talent roster that were unhealthy because he was too close to them. I'll take my chances on that, quite frankly. And those that think they may have a point to some degree, uh, but I'll take my chances on that deal. But Jerry and Stacy, I thought they were a great couple. You know, Jan and I went to their wedding in Las Vegas. I think Charles Barkley actually paid for their wedding. So Charles is a big friend of JR and the King back in those days. We had dinner with Charles after Phoenix and Raw, and their wedding came up in a conversation. Charles volunteered to pay for the wedding, and of course Jerry was like, all right, I'm going to save a couple bucks here. So we were friends with them on a professional level outside of wrestling. And this is why the cat was let go. I never knew why the cat was let go either. I thought she was doing too much sexy shit on TV, what have you. JR says, the issue was that I, it wasn't that I remember that not one person ever came up to me and said, man, JR, you got to talk to the cat. She's just busting our balls. She thinks she knows better than what anybody could tell her. She got a little taste of the spotlight. Now she's out of control. I never heard anything except for one person. And it was out of the blue. And it was the chairman of the board, Vince McMahon. He said, you know, I'm getting too many complaints about Stacy. I'm not going to tolerate it. And I want you to let her go today. Boom. 
It was that quick. So I didn't have any time, you know, to discuss it, what have you. But basically, some of the producers, the writers, or whatever, I think they were the main culprit in this matter. Because for whatever reason, she was challenging their authority in their decision-making, plus their creativity. And that was the reason I was given. He also said that I told Jerry to King Lawler, look, I feel bad about this deal. I don't agree with the decision. I didn't agree with it then, and I don't agree with it now. But that's the marching orders that I got from headquarters. So you're a soldier, you follow those damn orders. You take that guy's money, you do what he says. So I did. I even told Jerry, well, maybe you want to tell her. I'll tell her, but don't get me wrong, that it'll probably be easier if it comes from you. I don't know. I want to make this as easy as possible for both of you. Tell me how I can help do that. So I think he told her, as I recall. So that's kind of how that deal worked out. And then about Lawler quitting in protest. I thought he might want to take a few days off to show support for her, but I didn't think he was going to quit altogether. But for Vince, it wouldn't have mattered anyway. I think Vince was probably thinking further than that and decided if he bolts, he bolts. So that's where we are. That's kind of how that deal went down. It was a bad day. And on the cat, I think the world is Stacy today. She does a lot of stuff with rescue animals, and she has a hair salon and spa type deal in Dallas. She does a good job in her post-wrestling life. She has separated herself from it for her own benefit and mental health. But she never really deserved to get canned. In my view, and again, I might be over-biased, I might be wrong, but I always thought she kind of got a raw deal on that thing. Well, to, on AEW Dynamite, Chris Jericho found a way to steal and use You Made the List gimmick. He used to do it in WWE with his clipboard. Well, he came out on Dynamite, and he had a list with the clipboard. Normally, you'll get sued over that shit. But he must have checked with the lawyers, and he named the list different. It isn't called The List. He calls it The Lexicon of La Champion. And that list, he announced that he has to fight and defend his title one more time this year. That's what his contract states. So that lexicon of La Champion list named all the people he wouldn't refuse to fight because they were on the list. Now, I told you for months now that he has been doing interviews and talking about people that he can't wait to wrestle, give a pushover, you know what I mean? Help them out, get them over with the crowd. And he's named Jungle Boy multiple times in multiple interviews. Well, like clockwork, Jungle Boy and his crew came out. They all got into it. And it will be Jericho versus Jungle Jungle Boy on December 18th for the AEW title. That match is going to be awesome. Joey Janela did an interview with Post Wrestling. He talked about his match with John Moxley and how he wants to show off his technical skills more instead of his just his hardcore skill set. This is what the bad boy had to say. I've been doing technical wrestling for a while now. I've had my matches on the indies with the Matt Riddles, Zack Sabre Juniors of the world. A 30-minute match with Zack Sabre Jr. a couple weeks, a month, excuse me, a couple years ago in Connecticut. And people on indies know that I can wrestle because I've done it in front of these fans. But these new AEW fans see me for the first time, saw me as kind of a hardcore car accident, fuck fest, fucking fall off the ladder, kill yourself wrestler which is not the case. So now it's me doing the same thing after I got thrown off that building a couple years back and proving people wrong on a larger scale and convert people and say, listen, this is not what I'm all about. I'm all flavors of ice cream rolled up. 
Perhaps Joe's, Joey Janela's standout match in AEW thus far was his Lights Out match with Kenny Omega on AEW Dark. It was praised by fans and it led to a rematch, and Kenny Omega did win both of them. This is what Janela had to say about it. The response was crazy. Actually, we were supposed to have a straight-up regular dark match. Nothing too crazy, and I got the call the night before from Tony Khan. He changed it to a fuckfest that it became. And me and Kenny went 30 minutes, which wasn't supposed to be the case. And it was kind of a big match for me, and one of the main reasons I signed the AEW was to wrestle Kenny Omega. I got to do it so soon, and it came so sudden. I just found out that week I was going to wrestling him, and we did it. We went to TV the next week, and we did it again. I look forward to wrestling him on a pay-per-view in the future and having a big match with him. Uh, last, oh, this week's AEW Dynamite had a lot, a lot of good promos. I really liked it. They had the Brandy and Kong thing. They had the Bunny, the Butcher, and the Plaid. They highlighted the Dark Order some more. That's how you present wrestling, if you ask me. WWE News. Well, WWE backstage was cool on Tuesday night. I thought it was cool that they had Seth Rollins on and they called him out about his social media trolling and they also called him out on him calling out CM Punk. I have no idea why the fuck they didn't have CM Punk on backstage. I thought they were punking us because they kept mentioning he wasn't there, so I figured at the end of the show he'd come out, but he wasn't, which sucked. They did announce that John Morrison will make his debut soon, which is great. I reported well over a month ago that he resigned with WWE. So rejoice, fans. The Shaman of Sexy is back and will be on TV very soon. Let's hope it's on Friday Night SmackDown. Paige also gave props to his wife, Taya Valkyrie, and says she wants her in the WWE. So do I. They also covered the Dana Brooke and Batista romance in a very funny way. I can't wait to see how that relationship plays out. All right, peeps, we got to pay the bills real quick. I'm going to take a break. We'll get back to the show. We got a couple more good stories, some good stuff. Remember, it's the AEW Insider. We'll be right back. All right, peeps, we're back. Let's finish out this show. Remember, always check us out on all major podcasting platforms, Facebook and YouTube under the AEW Insider. And on Twitter, it's the AEW Insider 1. Let's get back to our WWE news. New Day's Big E did an interview with Wrestling Inc. He discussed his reaction to Kofi losing his world title in 10 seconds. He said, Kofi Kingston is a lot more level-headed than maybe anyone else that I've ever met in the business. Because everyone else would have reacted. Um, Actually, myself, I was irate when I found out about it. And it's a testament to Kofi. I'm not saying no one else in the industry, but very few people would have had that approach. But not many would have taken that approach, not have had sour grapes about it, and was able to move on. It was a big win for us, too, as a stable. I think if you compare us to any modern stable, the first thing that comes to mind is the shield. And I think a lot more ways we are a lot different than the shield. I always think of the shield as a super group. They were always intended to be more to be world champions. You saw it during day one. They had a different pedigree where they were and they were going to be top guys. But for us, we were guys that came together on our own just to get on TV. The fact that we were on TV in a mid-car road was a win. But for The Shield, it would have been highly disappointing. 
Big changes already on WWE commentating. Monday Night Raw has a new member for a while. You know, Dio Madden was the third member of their announced team, but they took him off the air a couple weeks ago in that Brock Lesnar angle. I told you last week that the people backstage love Samoa Joe and, J- and uh, the King on commentary. Well, they are keeping Samoa Joe, and they're sending Dio back to wrestling. They're saying that Dio wants to go back to wrestling, but I told I figured they told him to go back to wrestling, and now Samoa Joe's got his job until his injury is healed. Uh, congrats to Woken, a.k.a. Broken Matt Hardy and his wife Reba. They welcomed their third child into the world on Wednesday, December the 4th. What a kick-ass cool family. And I just even thought about that. Even though I read that uh, story earlier, today is my birthday. So I celebrate the birthday with the third Hardy child. Fans rejoice. Mauro Ranella has returned to NXT and WWE. So like I said, Corey Graves in real life, he could not be nicer to me or a nicer guy, but shut the fuck up with your comments, yo. You're super jelly because Mauro blows you off on the commentary table. Recommendation of the week. Again, I did put a match that involves the Young Bucks against Red Dragon. If you don't know who Red Dragon is, that is Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish from Undisputed. This match is when they're on the Indies. The match is amazing, and it also features Shayna Baszler. This is before any of them even made it to NXT, so you got to check it out. It's on our Twitter and our Facebooks. Steven Seagal and Kelly LeBrock's daughter has a WWE tryout. That's right. The old action star Steven Seagal used to be married to the hot uh, Kelly uh, Kelly LeBrock, you know what I mean, from Weird Science. They had a, a daughter, and she kicks ass. She's a little bit bigger, but not fat. She's big, she's beautiful, and I bet you she whoops some ass. WWE better give her the job, because somebody else will. Now, I told you after Survivor Series showing that Vince McMahon, a.k.a. the main man, loved Keith Lee. Well, Lee was in the main of NXT this week, and he was put over big time. Like I, all the other wrestlers, I followed Keith Lee for a, good to- a long time, and he deserves a push. All right, we got a new story real quick. It involves Enzo and Big Cass. They did an interview with Talk as Jericho. Now, my daughter and I went to the G1 Supercard in April with WrestleMania week. It was Ring of Honor and New Japan combined, and it was their G1 at Madison Square Garden. It was awesome. That night, Enzo and Big Cass made an appearance. My daughter and I bugged out. And this is what they had to say about the debacle and how Ring of Honor fucked them over. Cass on being contacted for the G1 Supercar. So yeah, Enzo on a random day gets a phone call from somebody that works under the Sinclair Broadcasting Umbrella. And then he calls me and he says, hey, are you in? And this is what Enzo had to say. Someone from Sinclair called me, not Cass, from Sinclair, someone from Sinclair. That's being said, they had no idea that Cass and me were friends. Everyone to this point thought Cass and I didn't talk. And when me and Cass started talking again, we didn't tell anyone. So that was when I got the phone call about Madison Square Garden. If you think I didn't show up to Survivor Series in November 2018 to plant the seed to get me back in a ring one day, whether that be two years from now or two weeks from now, I was setting a tone for what I wanted to do if I ever came back. And that was me letting the world know I'm crazy enough to show up anywhere. Now, this is what Cass said about Ring of Honor not contacting them after G1. 
we got fucking ghosted. I cut a promo on the Briscoes on Twitter a few weeks after because I was shoot hot. Because the person that we were in contact with, we didn't get a text that said good job, a thank you, a nothing. They didn't even answer our text after that. Yeah, they completely fucking ghosted us. So it's like I would have just wanted a thank you. Because we went out there and there were six other people in that match. Very formidable dudes. It's like that. They could have fucking, it could have been an eight on two match ass kicking. We put our fucking lives on the line for that. We didn't even get a goddamn thank you. That's what pissed me off the most. We could have been because they in a ring didn't know what was going on. And they could have beat the shit out of us. Six or eight on two. And I told my daughter that. That the wrestlers that night were reacting like they had no idea what was going on. So what he's saying is right. And they were really getting into it, man. That's crazy. Enzo on how many people in the company knew about them showing up that night. I got to tell you, this is a shoot, Chris. There were three people in the whole company of Sinclair and Ring of Honor together that knew it was happening. Three total people. And security thought it was part of the show until they smartened up. They should have smartened up way sooner because we could have really, really got hurt. Cass, I'm being angry about it. So what really got me angry was Enzo and Cass trended number one worldwide on Twitter, okay? Now, we trended number one worldwide over the WWE Hall of Fame, over Bret Hart getting attacked, over the G1 Supercard itself, and the NCAA Final Four. We trended number one worldwide for however long it was, and our segment wasn't even broadcasted. By word of mouth, a fan shot a video, and we trended number one worldwide, and I don't understand how a few fans complaining on Twitter could cause somebody to be like, nah, let's not use them in the future. And this is what Cass had to say and what was supposed to happen after the G1. Our next appearance that was scheduled, fuck it, I'll say it, we were supposed to be at their next show in Chicago, their War of the Worlds pay-per-view. That was our next appearance. We got ghosted. Then I saw pictures from the event, and I don't know how attendance was, but it didn't seem very good for the pics I seen. So I was kind of mad. It was mind-blowing to me that we got ghosted and we never got brought back. And finally, Enzo said on what he, why he thinks they weren't brought back. I think people's feelings genuinely got hurt. I think they genuinely got hurt. And from my point of view, I was just working, bro. All right, peeps, I told you I'd be doing my best to bring you a lot more, uh, what you call it, wrestling news. Like I said, I'm going to stop the movies and more from now. If good stuff comes out or good movies I've seen or big, big pop culture news, I'll report it. But now i got to uh, concentrate a lot more on wrestling, and I will do what I can for you guys here. But this is a wrestling show for and foremost. Let's get this down. Let's get this fucking thing off the ground. Then we can start venturing out down other avenues. Remember, on all podcasting platforms, Facebook and YouTube, it's the AEW Winsome. And on Twitter, it's the AEW Insider One. Thank you so much for joining us on the AEW Insider, and I'll see you in a few days, peep. Ciao.